The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, I know how to be abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And in you, and you Philippians, yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my need once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Christ, Jesus Christ be with you in spirit. Let's pray. Father, as we come before your holy place, Lord, um, may you sanctify this place. May you sanctify each heart. May you have us ready to accept and receive your word. I pray for my brother, Lord, uh, that he has the collectedness and, and calm and clarity given by the Holy Spirit. May he have the wisdom to preach the gospel true and full of grace. Lord, I pray for him, for his heart and everyone's heart. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for the opportunity to hear, listen, and accept. We pray humbly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ryan. All right, good morning. Uh, if I haven't met you before, uh, my name is Jindarm. Uh, if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, great to be with you. Uh, great to just share God's word with you this morning. Um, the title of this message is, Are You Content? Are You Content? And I want to start by reading a quick poem. It was spring, but it was summer I wanted. The warm days and the great outdoors. It was summer, but it was fall I wanted the colorful leaves, and the cool, dry air. It was fall, but it was winter I wanted, the beautiful snow, and the joy of the holiday season. It was now winter, but it was spring I wanted, the warmth and the blossoming of nature. I was a child, but it was adulthood I wanted, the freedom and the respect. I was 20, but it was 30 I wanted, to be mature and sophisticated. I was middle-aged, but it was 20 that I wanted, the presence of mind without limitations. My life was over, but I never got what I wanted. Whether Christian or not, I think we can all relate to this poem. Uh, we desire something, and as soon as we get it, 
we toss it out and move on to the next thing. Uh, we constantly chase after one thing after another, seeking to be satisfied. Uh, today, this is reflected in our high mobility rate. Uh, people rarely stay at the same place for more than five years. Uh, we're always on the move, seeking the next best house, uh, the next job, or the uh, next place to live, uh, and to even raise a family. Uh, this is reflected in our high divorce rate today. Uh, we can't find happiness in our uh, marriages, so we trade our mates in for a different person. Uh, and we only find a reoccurring problems in the end. This is also reflected in our high consumer rate. Uh, as soon as we graduate from college, uh, we go into debt just to live a little bit better uh, than we can afford. And we only uh, suffer anxiety when facing the problems to pay the bills. And my question to us this morning is, are we content? Are you content? Uh, for those of us who've been going through our summer discipleship groups, uh, think about if you've been serving God and you're sent to prison, are you content? Former atheist turned Christian, as many of us might know, C.S. Lewis says, if I find in myself a desire in which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. And for those of us who are joining us for the first time, uh, we're going to look at today's passage and uh, see what it says about contentment through the Apostle Paul's life. And just for some context, uh, Paul wrote Philippians while in prison. Uh, he received a gift from Epaphroditus, one of the Philippian church's members. And Paul wanted to encourage the Philippians uh, in their faith and he thought he could only do that through a letter like what we have today, the letter to the Philippian church. Um, and now we're in the last passage uh, as Paul wraps up his letter. And so there are three aspects of the gospel that the Apostle Paul writes to encourage the Philippian church. And if you're taking notes, uh, I would uh, write these three points down. Uh, so first one is gospel contentment, gospel partnership, and gospel giving. Gospel contentment, gospel partnership, and gospel giving. And so let's start with gospel contentment. Verse 11, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. So Paul didn't learn how to be content overnight. He didn't learn contentment through attending seminary. He didn't learn contentment by being called a Pharisee. He learned it through Jesus Christ. And as we see in Paul's life, that to be content wasn't typically learned in uh, prosperity, but in adversity. Uh, and I think as I was studying this text, I noticed Paul's tone in this letter was such a calm acceptance of his present circumstances. Uh, for someone who was a prisoner, he, he was at peace, he was gentle, and he was courageous. And he's stressing the fact that his contentment wasn't based on his circumstances, but in Christ. And so two weeks ago when John preached, uh, he, he coined the term Uncle Paul. Uh, he was that uncle you just wanted to hang out with. Uh, you just looked up to him so much, and you just wanted to acknowledge what a great leader he was. Um, he was so countercultural compared to the people of his time and compared to us today. And you know, in today's world, for us, contentment is a rare jewel. Contentment is foreign. Nowadays, we compare ourselves on social media. We're endlessly scrolling, seeking to post the next photo, the next caption, or the next tweet. Uh, nowadays, it's called Twitter fingers. And 
that's a thing out in the streets, social media streets. Um, not only do we compare ourselves, but some of us complain. Uh, we complain about our circumstances. If I had this better job or this better promotion or this salary negotiation, then I would be content. Uh, if I was uh, married, if I was single, then I would be content. Uh, if my country was doing better, if someone just agreed with my politics, then I'll be content. Some of us are discontent in our friendships, so we gossip, we slander, we socially manipulate others for our own benefit, and the gospel calls that sin. And when sin enters, it causes division in our friendships, in our families, in our churches today. And so for us, whether we're Christian or not, we can identify with uh, contentment or the lack thereof. Uh, more stuff won't bring us deeper satisfaction and neither will less stuff. Uh, moving on to verse 12, uh, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And so again, whether on a good day or a bad day, whether rain or shine, in prosperity or in poverty. Paul lived in a way that was a mere head knowledge, but a heart experience that was born out of real situations just like us. Uh, he, he, he claims to know the secret to be content. Uh, the word uh, secret in Greek is uh, moeo, and it's a word that means to be initiated in, in mysteries, uh, to teach fully or instruct. Uh, so Paul teaches this, or uh, he, he reveals this secret in verse 13. I can do all things through him who's, who, who strengthens me. And I think many of us know that this verse is heavily misused. Uh, just to narrow down three ways that this verse does not mean. Uh, first one is, it doesn't mean I can do all things through him who strengthens me to get this job. It doesn't mean I can do all things through him who strengthens me to shoot like Steph Curry. As much as I'd want to shoot like him. I can do all things through him who strengthens me to perform miracles. It means none of this. And so, why is this verse used a lot in the first place? It's because it's used out of context. We're thinking about how to preserve or build our own kingdom, but not the kingdom of God. Uh, it's not supposed to be a me-centered verse, but a gospel-centered verse. And so the Bible talks about how sin is deceitful, and the enemy wants us to twist Scripture, or to twist what Scripture says. Uh, scholar pa and pastor G. Walter Hansen says, The contextual meaning of all refers to the previous claim to be content whatever the circumstances, verse 11, uh, in all the situations of his life, in poverty and in prosperity, when well-fed and when hungry, Paul can be content. He has the power to endure all these extreme situations, all these ups and downs, without anxiety, with the peace of God guarding his heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And so again, it, uh, it, it means that whatever the circumstances, may we live them with a deep awareness of gospel contentment in our lives. And so moving on to gospel partnership, uh, verses 14 to 15a. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me. And so the partnership between Paul and the Philippian church was about a 10 years, uh, a 10 years it was about 10 years long. Uh, verse 14 says, it was kind of you to share my trouble. Uh, 
The Greek word for share is sunkononeo, and it means to, to have fellowship with, uh, to be made a partner, and to share something in common with another person in a, in a partnership. And verse 15 again, it says, no church entered into partnership with me. And so this, this same partnership was all the way back in, we see this in, uh, all the way back in Philippians 1, verse 5, where it says, uh, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And so it was only by God's intervention that I was forming this partnership. Uh, way back in June, when we first started going through Philippians, uh, Randall had mentioned uh, divine intervention because of Acts 16. Uh, God took Paul and his missionary group to a different place that wasn't expected. And because of that, a church was planted in Philippi. It seemed like the worst door to ever close, but it became the greatest opportunity for us to learn about their partnership uh, and through this letter. And so for us, maybe we've seen those closed doors uh, recently, like we want just to pursue a certain career or a certain job, but God might have closed that because there's a greater opportunity around the corner. And when I think about partnership that's happened over the years for myself, uh, I'm reminded about my own story when I first started attending Grace City. I was 21 at the time, July of 2017, uh, transferred from the San Francisco Bay Area to finish my undergrad at UCSD. And I was the new guy. I uh, didn't have any friends here. Um, had to get plugged into the local church. And I remember one of my first mornings, I emailed Randall. And just a couple hours later, he responded. And I just had questions about Grace City. And from that point on, we, we became friends. We became partners in the gospel. And now we send too many NBA memes to each other. I got to mute him on my phone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and I just want to list out the ways that we, uh, we shared and partnered in the gospel from the first day until now. And so one of the first ways was through our city groups. And so I got to uh, partner with Bailey, got to co-lead city group with Bailey. And um, I was pre-COVID. And uh, after, I uh, also got to co-lead with Matt uh, post-COVID. And also uh, got to have our college lunches at Tim and Diana's house and their amazing hospitality. And next, uh, in 2018, uh, got baptized. And um, so for here, as of this day, I still don't know who made that poster for me. Get dunked, gendarm. And it's been four years. Um, I think I know who. I, I think they're in this room. They just haven't confessed it. Um, I'll figure it out one day. Um, yeah, clever kids. Um, and also got connected with City to City last year, going through learning communities with Billy, Randall, and uh, Stephen. And so, what's this all about? Like, we could, it looks like we're all just hanging out, having a good time, but I'm just really thankful over these last five years. Um, I'm thankful that we got to share in each other's burdens and troubles. And it's nothing that I've done. It's nothing that Grace City has done. It's what God's done over these years. And we give him the credit. We give him the glory. It's just like in Acts 16 when Paul met with Lydia, the businesswoman. It's when Paul met with the Philippian jailer and also the slave girl. And we find that the gospel destroys cultural barriers and brings different people from different backgrounds all together for his glory. 
And again, I think about for myself in my time here, uh, there have been so many people I've met at Grace City uh, in the last five years from different uh, cities, different cultural backgrounds, uh, different ethnic backgrounds. But the one thing that was brought together ultimately was, was the gospel. The source was the gospel, and the goal was the gospel. And so looking back, gospel partnership, in a nutshell, is just letting people into your life, opening your doors to new people. And so not only did the Philippians and Paul partner uh, through sympathy, but also financially. And so this brings me to my next point. Uh, one of the ways that showed their partnership was through gospel giving. And so looking at uh, verses 15b to 19, or 18, um, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. So what's going on here? Two things are happening here. Um, the Philippian church gave and Paul received. The Philippian church didn't give out of a compulsive heart, but out of a cheerful heart. Uh, Paul wasn't interested in the gift, but in the Philippians' generosity. And so when Paul opened his letter uh, in uh, Philippians 1 verse 11, it says that they would be filled with the fruit of righteousness. And so one form of fruitfulness is uh, generous giving. And so how did the Philippians give so generously? It's through verse 19. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. The verse doesn't say, and my material possessions will supply every need of yours, or my politics will supply every need of yours, or my bachelor's degree, or my resume will supply every need of yours. It says, my God. The Philippians trusted God. And God gave his ultimate gift, Jesus Christ, so that we may live an abundant life. It's not just through our material possessions, but with our souls. And we can be free from the imprisonments of fear, anxiety, compulsion, and live out of love and sacrifice and giving if we trust in Christ. And so, as we wrap up, what are some takeaways? We usually have three takeaways. Uh, to be honest, I just have one. <laughs> um, the first and last one is, put the gospel first. Put the gospel first. One of the ways we can tell if we've drifted from gospel contentment is when we experience envy. Uh, in an article called A Lack of Generosity Means a Lack of Contentment, uh, writer and pastor Brian uh, Chappelle says that, the average credit card debt in the United States was $17,000. The average auto loan debt was $30,000. The average mortgage debt was $182,000. It's now over $200,000. And the average student loan debt was $51,000. I recognize the last two can be called investment debt rather than consumer debt, but the cumulative effect is families feeling absolutely crushed by debt. The same news report said half of all American families are embarrassed by their debt. I'm not so concerned about our embarrassment as I am about our imprisonment, shackles of debt that make us sleepless and stressed and hurting and fearful of creditors in ways that rob us of the joy of our salvation. 
That's not the freedom from fear and want that God wants us to have. And so just like those last few words, God wants us to have Christ first. We may not be in prison like Paul, but some of us might be in prison by the sin of envy. Matthew 6, says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And so, do you want to pursue gospel partnership? It starts with the gospel. Uh, last month, I got to visit Florida uh, uh, with our brother Josiah attending Global Serve International. Uh, it's an organization that helps plant churches overseas. And I was at this pastor's dinner, and they, they gave me this book called uh, Missions, uh, How the Local Church Goes Global. And I just want to read a quick uh, passage from here. I've seen churches that have tried to get their members excited about missions without being excited about the gospel. The result was pitiful. Missions became just one more ministry area competing for everyone's interest uh, and attention. Guilt, hype, sad stories. I'm going to say that again. Guilt, hype, sad stories. None of them motivate in the best way. How do you really sell a sacrifice unless the people value supremely the thing for which the sacrifice is made? Do not try to get your church excited about missions until they love and value, really deeply value what Christ has done for them in the gospel. Churches will not extend themselves to commend the gospel until they deeply cherish the gospel. So I want to ask you, is the gospel first in your life? Uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 12 to 13 says, There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. I am asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. And so here, Paul is rebuking the Corinthians. He's saying some of us are withholding love. Some of us are scared. Some of us are in our own affections. Open your hearts. Open your minds. I want to do life with you. But you got to start with the gospel first. And so, for those who feel like the gospel just hasn't been first in their life, I just want you to know that you're not alone. And I'm with you. I need the gospel every day. I didn't grow up in the church. And I just want to call this out. Many Christians have done a horrible job in gospel contentment and partnership. And because of that, there have been a lot of confusion, hurt. Some of us might call it church hurt and abuse. I've seen it. I know it. If you know my story, I was there too. I didn't say this earlier, but I was hesitant in just emailing and talking to Randall. It wasn't an easy email to send. And even today, we still see Christians doing a horrible job in gospel contentment and partnership. But despite all of it, do you know the one who did it perfectly? Jesus was content in giving up his life for us. 
he became a partner with the disciples. And he gave his life willingly for you and for me. And as sinful as we can be, he first loved us. And we can become partners through what he's done. 1 John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. And so wherever you're at, will you invite Jesus into your life? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you've done for us. I pray that these were your words and not mine, Lord. This story was never about Paul. It was about Jesus Christ. And so help us to learn from the Apostle Paul what it means to be content, what it means to partner with you. I pray that the Holy Spirit was here, that you were at the center and not me. So help us to cling to you because of the gospel. So I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.